You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. You better you bet. Jeremy Contona for Nick Costas. He's back tomorrow. Ken Barkley is here as always. Brought to you by BetMGM right here on the BetQL Network. We're going to get into some golf stuff here. Like, uh, you've got a big, you guys had some success last weekend or this past weekend, right? You did. With the golf tournament. The glove a lot fit. of success. Lucas Glover. Yeah. yeah. So when that happens, usually it starts to get the, uh, you know, the old fires churning there, getting, getting everything ready to go for the next tournament. And that's what we have coming up. So, Ken, you want to dive into some golf right here? I did. Yeah. Did you, uh, so how, how did you approach it, Jeremy? Did you put together like a, like what you thought your DFS should be this week? Is that kind of how you did it? Or did you just look at straight betting markets? Like how did you kind of so, tackle this assignment for today? Yeah. So I talked a little bit about it with Tyler before the show and, and kind of just breaking down. So I look at it from a DFS perspective. I got some guys that I trust. The, the sad part for me with this is like today is usually the day where things really start coming out as far sure. as, you know, the preparation for golf DFS where a lot of guys are putting out their models and what they like. Um, I kind of went through the course and, you know, what is it, 11? 11, uh, there's plenty of obstacles, 11 water issues that you are hazards that you could have uh, throughout. And um, it's pretty interesting. I, I do find myself, and I don't want to get ahead of uh, put the cart before the horse, but right, right, right. I think I'm going to be on the same top golfer that you guys are going to be on when I started looking at everything. Oh, okay. Well, Which that's is very John interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't even have to say that. And so, uh, so oh, okay. the... you don't want me to just throw no, it out? You're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Yes. Yeah, so, why don't we just not even do an hour? Let's just not even do that. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. So for, for, for people that are like, what are we doing? Um, FedEx St. Jude is the start of the FedEx Cup playoffs. And it's this week uh, in Memphis. TPC Southwind is what they're playing. And, uh, and so we never do like deep golf discussion on the show. But this is such, it's kind of a weird week. Like we're still pretty far from football and it's like the FedEx cup playoffs. Everybody's playing again. And like, if you listen to the show, we won last week and Tyler and I both made a ton of money. <laughs> so we're, we're like kind of in on this. So I kind of want the show to reflect what we're actually interested in and what we're actually researching. And for, I, I'll you know speak for Tyler. Cause I know it's true. And for me, it's true too. Kind of spent a lot of time looking at this tournament because we are up a lot and there's not a lot going on. And Tyler and I have actually had some success with the uh with the FedEx Cup playoffs, we both definitely had Zalatoris last year, who won this tournament. Finally, won a tournament, and uh, I remember where I was when he won and what I was doing, and Tyler and I texting during the round, and it being like twenty five heart attacks. Tyler, Tyler writing in the chat, he cried when Zalatoris won. Like it was, we had bet this guy <laughs> so much, he had like nine top fives, could not win a tournament. It was like, all right, I'm gonna bet him in this tournament. This was before I even knew like what I was looking for. I knew like approach and ball striking was really significant in this tournament. This guy, and he was a monster last year. But I was like, man, all right, like we got it. And uh, and then we won last week with Lucas Glover. So 
kind of just a, a little more i the thing i wanted the reason why i wanted to do this these segments so we'll preview this tournament talk about how we come up with our bets we'll do golf bets tomorrow when nick is back but like this will be more like why we're betting the guys that we're betting so the reason i want to do this is jeremy you're like a you know dfs like this is your entry point to do research on a mm -hmm. tournament so you're going to approach it from that angle tyler I feel like it's kind of like kind of like a best of both worlds, like reads a lot of the betting content that's out there, but also thinks about like golfer profile, like who tends to win here, like in terms of uh, what kind of game the golfer has. Right. And just watches a lot of golf, which is way more golf than I do, way smarter with golf than I am. And I kind of approach things like scientifically, like I'll look at. All right. Like what type of golfer has won here historically from like a result standpoint? Are there other courses that correlate to this course and who tends to play well at them? Are there like historical trends that tend to like set up who, who tends to win here? So we're all kind of attacking this from three different angles and maybe we can end up laying a sounds like based on your response, Jeremy, it sounds like we're going to land on one of the guys that's the same. Yeah. Um, so what I honestly like, cause you, you put the cart before the horse a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. You, it sounds like in your research, you were, John Rom was just like a flashing, so, you know, like bet on me thing. So why don't you just explain like why you came to that conclusion? So like with a couple different things, like it's easy to like the the best guys to to go into any course, right? I mean, you you find value. Sometimes you're like, very oh man, good. this this course, yeah, yeah, this course fits Xander unbelievably well, or it fits Hatton unbelievably well based on his makeup. But the top tier guys, you're almost going to like them at every course, and people want to play them. They're expensive in daily fantasy, and then at the top there were three guys that really stood out and they're going to have the most ownership, and that's going to be, uh, as we were talking about him, it's going to be Scheffler, it's going to be Rory, and it's going to be Rom. And Rom comes in, in a lot of the models that I've seen, like the third highest owned. So usually that's the guy I want to attack. Uh, so I want to get one of the best guys up top and have somebody that I feel like I'm building my team around that I think can really, really win. And then usually I'm going to look at some other guys that I think can finish well, um, maybe in the, want to make the cut, obviously, but this is a, this is a no cut, right? So it doesn't matter here, or is, does this, this have is a, a no-cut event? Top 70. Yeah, top yeah. 70 playing four yeah. rounds. Yep. So it's a, it's a little different in DFS because I prefer the cut line in DFS because, you know, it just to me it just gives it that added extra edge and you get two great sweats um, when you're playing it. But Rom is the one that stood out to me. I mean, you, you're looking at a great golfer. Um, I, I'm not looking at course history or anything here or uh, anything like that. I just think he fits uh, any course well for that matter. And I think of the top three, that's the guy I want to attack because he's the least owned, frankly. Sure, I think it makes sense. Uh, Tyler, I know... I think that you're maybe you're not betting John Rahm's and I'll, I should have read the odds board at the start of this, but the Ben MGM outright market for this tournament, uh, Scotty Scheffler, who's number one player in the world is plus 650. He's favorite of basically every tournament that he plays. Uh, John Rahm nine, Rory McIlroy nine, Cantlay 16, Xander Shoffley 18, Victor Hovland 20, Morikawa, who is going to be extremely popular this week, 25, who I don't like. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, 25, and we can keep going down the board. I think uh, Ricky Fowler is one of the guys at 30. And there's obviously, it's the top 70. So even as you get a little further down the board, you're going to find some guys' names that you know, uh, guys that have even played well. Wyndham Clark, I didn't read him, obviously, won a major this year. Brian Harmon's playing in this tournament. He won the, he won the Open. <laughs> like, it's, you know, it's a, it's a loaded field. It's FedEx Cup playoffs. It's kind of fun. Uh, Tyler, did you land on Rom as a guy that you liked? Do you favor one of the other top three guys? Maybe we start there. Definitely, I definitely Rom's the guy I'm going going to bet. I mean, BetMGM has the best number I've seen, nine to one. So I'll be going there to place my uh, my John Rom wager. But as we go on to it, as we go on with this uh, tournament, I, I'm, I think I can come up with a, an argument why it's not. I mean, you, it could always be Scotty Scheffler, but why I'm not going to bet Scotty Scheffler and why I'm not going to bet Rory McIlroy. 
But as the top three, anytime Rom's like third on the odds amongst the big three behind Scotty and Rory, like I always want that. That happened at the Masters where he won. That's happened a few times this year because uh, to be honest, Rom hasn't really, pl- I think he's only played like six, seven times since August, which was the Masters, his last win. So people, I feel like people have just since not, April. Uh, see, yeah, right. since April. Since since a lot of people haven't. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that, that's a, that's a few months away. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a <laughs> decent amount of time since old Rom has uh, has played a lot of tournaments. So uh, I feel like he's just kind of just like sneaking up on people. And if any, like I said, anytime we get him a third behind those two, I, I like it. So yeah, John Rom's definitely. I'm gonna place a bet on him. Bet MGM has nine to one. Probably be going there to place that first the the old Rombo wager. Right. Uh, so I I'll start by saying uh, I totally agree. I it is possible. I have not decided whether this will be true or not, but it could be true. Uh, it is a favorite. I think I may only bet John Rahm to win this tournament in the outright market. Uh, of all the prices I looked at and all the golfers, I actually found myself disliking so many golfers more than uh, more than I was expecting. And every way I approach the problem, John Rahm looks really valuable. Um, so I'll start by giving like a really brief kind of historical trend overview of like what this tournament kind of is now and maybe what you should be looking for. Tyler can probably do a better job of like type of golfer game wise that you should be looking for. I, Maybe we'll come to I some actually have a breakdown Jeremy, for that the, too. Excellent. Yeah. So, I, so I, 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 I could use both of your help with that part of it. So I'll just set up by saying historically, the reason why this tournament's kind of interesting. So they played like TPC Southwind has been in the rotation for a really long time, but this did not used to be the start of the FedEx cup playoffs. This is kind of moved around on the calendar a little bit. And it's only really occupied this position on the calendar for about four years um, where it's like the first week of August. And it used to be a WGC event. Then it became the first event of the FedEx cup playoffs. So for about three years until last season, it was a WGC event. So again, that's, what does WGC mean? Top, top, top golfers like competing, like you're best of the best. And it's late in the calendar. It's after all four majors have taken place. Uh, then it becomes a FedEx Cup playoff event. And last year, it kind of like changes like not WGC anymore, but it's still the same concept, right? Best of the best. They go there. And so those four years, I almost feel like, yes, the course is the same. But it's like, okay, once it became almost what I would call like a big boy tournament, like everyone's going there, everyone. And it's not like it was a bad field before, but this is like, this is loaded as you can get without the live golfers playing in it. And last year that wasn't a thing. And two years ago really wasn't a thing. So the, the idea of like, okay, once everyone started playing in this, what happened? And I think the interesting thing there is it was won by like not a monster golfer all four years, like the best of the best, but like someone extremely good who had a very like identifiable set of strengths and who also was white hot for the season going into the tournament. Like this isn't like, well, I bricked for a couple months and now I show up and win this huge tournament with everyone playing. Recent form came across big time once the tournament shifted to this date. Now you only have four years, like this could be a nothing. It could be that's just random that these four guys ended up winning, but like 2019 Brooks Kepka wins. Justin Thomas wins the year after that. Abe Answer wins the year after that. And Zalatoris wins last year. So your first thought when I look at it is just like ball striking Hall of Famers. <laughs> like just, yeah. I mean, like acts like just approach from 160. Here are the guys that just actually knock it in the hole from there. Like here's what happens with those golfers when they're at their best, right? Um, the other thing that those four golfers share, aside from some profile stuff, uh, they had all had a really strong finish in this tournament previously had played the course really well. So all four of those golfers and previous winners of the event, even when it was not in August, had had registered like a top 15 or better 
or had not played the tournament or played the course. So we didn't know how they would take to the course. But the point of all, by grouping those two things together, either haven't played the tournament or played it and did well, what you're excluding is guys who don't have that great course history. And that seems to be like pretty predictive of who wins here. So like, if you're trying to bet on a guy this week and it's like, well, he's played it three times and his best finish is like a tie for 38th. Doesn't seem like that's going to really take here. doesn't seem like that's going to be a really <laughs> good idea against guys who tend to dominate here. So they share that. Uh, there's also a course that is sort of the sister course of this in terms of like, if you're good at one, you tend to be good at this one. And it's one that everybody plays all the time and it's colonial. And the Charles Schwab challenge is the name of the tournament. They now play there. They played the tournament a lot historically there too. So my kind of filters for how I looked at golfers um, and John Rahm was the first name that gets spit out is have they played this course really well previously? Do they have good results at Colonial? And how is their recent form, last five, last 10 tournaments, are they registering like really strong finishes? Those three filters, and I get a list of golfers, and John Rahm by far, he and Scheffler, but Rahm over Scheffler stands out there. It's pretty interesting. Uh, and Tyler, you can add in anything you want to add to this, and you tell me if any of this is helpful, or if I'm getting too far in the weeds. Um, greens are Bermuda grass. Uh, I'm not even going to get in all the grass that we talked about the water. Oh, uh, we got the grass players. primer? Oh, yeah. yeah this, this, is, this, this is stuff that I don't know. This is stuff I have no the idea. The fairways are zoysia grass. Uh, rough and greens are Bermuda grass, if you like. That's your sort of uh, flavor there. Um, what to look for, stra- uh, strokes gained approach, total driving, bogey avoidance, greens and regulation, strokes gained putting. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff here that I, I think is pretty interesting. Some of it may be getting too far into the weeds. But, you know, they talked about some of the golfers that had won here previously and mentioned a lot of the names that you did and said, you know, history should be something that you take into consideration in some of the research I was doing. But, sure. Um, so, weather's going to be good too, right? Something that you brought up too. And it's not, it's not that you have to yeah. be a monster off the tee, but like, I don't, this is not last week and this is not the travelers and this is not these like short ass courses where it's like, oh yeah, like I drive the ball to like Russell Henley gave an interview last week where he's like, yeah, I can't really compete on the courses where you have to drive it really far. So I love the Wyndham last week's tournament. Okay, cool. Well, now we're yeah. at one of the courses where like, it's harder for him to succeed. Not that he can't, like he could play really well here, but just that's what he's talking about is not all courses are the same driving. It's not that this is like the US Open, but it comes back into play a little bit more in this. And don't you consider um, and accuracy that an edge, is important. knowing that? Like that's an sure. edge knowing that like he doesn't fit there and, and he well, what, like what he I has find, to have. Go ahead. I was just gonna say what I find like uh, what I like more is the last week tournaments because like you tend to find the bigger prices because it brings everybody into play right if you don't have to drive the ball far to win then like the Wyndham is an awesome tournament to bet because like quote unquote like sh- like bad golfers like guys who don't drive the ball far guys who like don't have distance so they don't score as much they can score on that course and their prices are going to be really big. And just look at the leaderboard from last week. This one, I almost feel like in my, the way I do my analysis, like now I'm back to, okay. Like it seems like you have to be really awesome to win this tournament, the way it's set up historically, the last few years, the type of golfer who wins their recent form coming into this tournament, like all of it points to like, doesn't have to be the best golfer, but man, like a really short list of people who qualify using those historical trends, best of the best type guys, at least in terms of, I know people won't think Abe Answer is that, but in terms of how they were playing coming into the tournament, Abe Answer was that. Like, that's what that was. So I know, like, obviously not exactly the same as Brooks Kepka, like a multiple time major winner, but um, I'm almost, it's like reverse philosophy from last week for me. Like the, the field is way better. The course demands more. Like I'm back at the top again. 
Yeah, I, look, I, I think there's there's a lot of great stuff here. We're gonna Tyler's gonna have some more to add to this uh, coming up in the next segment. We're gonna continue golf talk, and we also have a guest coming up this hour where uh, we'll break it down with uh, James Mazzola as well um, regarding this. It's gonna FedEx be really Cup. funny now, when we give like all the bets that we like, and then we have him on. It's like we're all like we don't like Scheffler, and he goes, "I'm gonna start my card this week with Scotty Scheffler." And usually, like we haven't <laughs> done this forty minutes out of so I just I'm actually I have no idea what James bet. He is a lot smarter with this stuff than I am. I'm curious if we overlap in some ways, like what conclusions we come to, maybe he likes Rom as much as we do. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Good stuff. All right. We're going to break that down. That's coming up at 445. Uh, but up next, we'll, we'll talk more about this course, the players we like. Maybe we'll talk about some of the long shots as well. Uh, that'll come up next here on You Better You Bet. It's all brought to you by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Jeremy Kahn, Ken Barkley. I'm filling in for Nick Costas, but we'll talk more golf when we come back right after this. <laughs> 